Hello, folks, and welcome back to Deep Rough, a golfing podcast for you weekend battlers out there. My name is Carl Tiley, and I'm live in the Playhouse by myself tonight. No Hayward. Uh, he has got a sick child at home. But I do have a guest, an absolute stalwart of the game. He's been playing professionally for 27 years all around the world. Uh, welcome to Greg Chalmers, the snake. How are you, mate? Hey, Carl. How you doing, buddy? Very good, thank you. Very good. Uh, thanks for getting out nice and early for, for us. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, no worries at all, mate. No worries. I I don't want to uh, – well, actually, we've got a lot to get through here. I've got a lot of notes. I um, we've, we've generally got a, a set structure we do we do for this one. Um, but after all the sort of in, the information overload that I've gathered from you and your uh, career for so long, I think we're just going to uh, rip in and see where we land. We've got plenty of questions. Yeah, get after it, mate. Here we go. Let's do it. Beautiful. Uh, I'd like to start, we, we, we like to start with uh, a segment called World of Golf. Generally, uh, we talk a bit of shit about what's happening in the world of golf and Hayward knows nothing, but he's not here, so we can skip over that. I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I want to start, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts around the current state of the game. PJ Tour, Live Golf, the new elevated events, um, all of that sort of, as a man on the tour and on the ground, what do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a really messy time at the moment. Um, there's a lot about it that I don't mind. I don't mind uh, the PGA Tour having a competitor, even if you want to call it. You know, some people don't think it's a legitimate competitor because of the business model, um, which really isn't a business model. It's just throw money at anything you want. Um, but I don't mind. I really, as a player... Um, I've always thought, you know, particularly coming from Australia, um, the PGA Tour kind of have done whatever they liked around the world, a world of golf, and now they have a competitor kind of doing to them what they did to the rest of world golf, which is really interesting, um, which is coming into their house and, and saying, here we are, and we're going to um, try and steal some of your product. Um, so, you know, the PGA Tour kind of did that around, you know, with the Australasian Tour. They certainly did it, and they certainly had an effect and an impact on that and the Asian Tour. And they would argue it's for the betterment of the game, but um, ultimately it's for the betterment of the PGA Tour. Um, so it's really been interesting uh, to watch that unfold. Um, an awful lot to, you know, yet to come, it looks like. You know, there's still some challenges for Leaf Golf. Um, and we've seen, but we've seen the positives of competition in terms of how the PJ Tour have responded. Um, and all of a sudden, they've they found a lot of money. Um, they would say they already had it. They just fast forwarded their programs. But um, it's been really interesting to watch them respond. And uh, um, I think in the end, the goal would be that you know the fan doesn't miss out. And so we have we you know we'd want to be able to watch our best players in whatever format they're playing. Um, I'm really concerned about the world rankings. I think that's going to be really interesting down the line. Do they get world rankings, and does that mean we get to see our best players in majors? Um, so that's going to be really challenging. Yeah, it's an interesting one, the world rankings, and one we've sort of talked on a few a few uh, episodes here. But, I mean, at, at this point, if the majors stay out of it, um, you know, world rankings become redundant, essentially, if – if you're the majors, right, you want all the best players there uh, to to have the best product possible. Mm -hmm. And if these guys, you know, your Cam Smiths, your DJs, your whoever aren't there, then 
you're kind of you're you are what's the word? The product. You're listening. You yeah. You're listening. Your product. No question. Um, yeah. Where it gets really where it gets really interesting uh, is you know with only 48 players, um, all of those players from what we've been told in the current format. Um, of the world rankings will be outside the top 100 by the end of next summer, Northern Hemisphere summer next next year. So you'll have Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith, you know, players like that outside the top 100. Mm. And the question of do they deserve points is abs- absolutely, yes, you do. Um, where it gets really challenging is there's a lot of criteria they don't meet from what we've been told. Um, and one of the biggest things is there's no pathway onto the tour. You know, you're, you're just plucked out of thin air, right? Yeah. By, by Greg Norman. So there's no qualifying process. So that's really challenging. Um, and then you also have to think about, sure, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and the players of that ilk, they should get points. But then you have to also think on the other side, do some other players deserve free access to points every week? Yeah. Right. And that, that gets really interesting because you could have some players climb up the world rankings um, who, who likely haven't, haven't competed at the same level as, uh, someone who's had 156 players and a cut yeah yeah it's that, that's kind of my take it's yeah it's a it's an interesting one and like you say i don't think it's one that's uh close to being finished it's messy or, or slowing down and i'm in, i'll be interested to see sort of the next wave of players because i'm sure there will be the next wave of players and and who yeah. they'll be um but yeah, at the moment, I think... The- and wouldn't, wouldn't you be nervous if you're on the tour as well, Carl? Oh, like, yeah. you're on the tour, you, you've, you've been told, hey, yeah, you're good to go, you're going to play. Um, and then now you keep hearing all these nerves sort of, hey, here's another player coming in because we just read, I read a tweet yesterday from someone pretty reliable saying, hey, there's someone in the top 50 going after the President's Cup, oh, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, so there's there's always, like, if, you, if I was on the tour, I'd be very twitchy because um, they can just punch you at a heartbeat. Yeah, we we were talking about that the other day, actually. Like, what happens to this the first wave of sort of the guys that got that went that you know they're below the the top fifty or outside the top hundred in the rankings, and now they're they're not playing live golf. They're obviously shunned aside to the Asian tour, I'm guessing. And yeah, and like you say, there's no real, no real pathway back. Um, so yeah, interesting. I hope they got I hope they got their payday before they yeah. <laughs> find that uh, yeah. Exactly right. And yeah. and the hardest thing for it, particularly if you're a young guy, and I remember when I was a young guy, at the core of it, sure, you wanted to make money, but you wanted to play golf. Yeah. You know, you wanted to play, and, and a lot of it, and in front of people. And so um, to have that option taken away, yeah, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be bored. You'll have a lot of money, but be bored. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting time, and no one knows how it's going to play out, but... Uh, you know, like like you, I'll just stay tuned and watch with interest. Yeah, watch this space. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned President's Cup before. It's on uh, next week, I believe. Starts next week. Um, do you give the internationals a chance this year? Uh, really, um, I really hope, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, as I have done every time it's been on. The, the tournament itself, the President's Cup, really needs – Needs that it needs comp- not don't they don't even have to win just like really good competition yeah um, really good interest level um, if it's over by Saturday night or even earlier then it's 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 tough to um, for the fan to be interested and and we need that to you know because 
when you have great competition, it legitimizes the event. It makes it, you know, start to matter more. Um, and I think it's been one of the biggest challenges of the President's Cup. You know, they've only won at one time, the internationals, I think. Yeah. One and a, and a draw. They got close um, uh, last time in Melbourne. Very close. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And, and that was fun to watch. That's yeah. great to watch. I think you had the advantage of, um, or the advantage, you have, you have great venue. Um, and then Tiger playing. Uh, well, captain, right? Did he play he as well? Play, I can't remember. captain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's always going to have a, an energy to it that's hard to replace. Um, but, you know, obviously the Americans, you know, they haven't been as decimated, I'd imagine, as uh, it, it seems like as the internationals have in recent times. And we just lost Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. Yeah. You know, that's another thing I hope they can sort out. Um because again, here's our first quick snapshot and example of us as fans or golf. You know, we miss out. We don't get to watch Cam and, and go at it against or leash go at it against some of these guys. And so that would have been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, those two guys. And I was, I was pretty gutted that uh, Ron Fox Foxy didn't get a look in either. I thought he. Would, I agree. He I agree. Have... I thought he's played really well this year. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and the, I. I I didn't follow it super closely, but every time I seem to be turned on European tour, I'm like, oh, here's Foxy again. Uh, had a great year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he was sitting 13th uh, on the on the list after Leash and uh, Smith left. Right, right. So I, I, I really thought that he was in for a captain's pick. I thought Quail Hollow would be set up quite nicely for him. He oh, particularly he crushes it and, you yeah. know, he just pounds it. Um, super handy in any format there because yeah. you need to pound it on that golf course. It's long. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. looking forward to that. Um, what's your What's your current status? Are you? Mate, I'm in a yeah. I'm in a past champions category on the PGA Tour from a 2016 yep. win, and and so that gets you. I think I played ten times this year, which is ten nine or ten. Um, I'll probably play with Live Golf. The advent of that, I might get a couple more. Because uh, everyone's nicked off to that, yeah. Um, but I, I'm 49 in October, so I'm kind of just I'm doing a bit of teaching through um, at a golf club here, and and also through Skillis, the app for online putting and chipping is kind of my passion and what I enjoy teaching. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm I'm teaching through that, and then uh, hanging out with my family. I haven't seen you know been on the road for uh, quite a long time, so. To be home for a little while has been really nice. I, I honestly don't know if I was offered the opportunity, I'd want to play too much more. I really enjoy um, playing when I play, yep. uh, but I don't crave to be on the road uh, at the moment. And then we'll wait and see how what happens when I turn fifty. Try and qualify for the Champions Tour if I can. You know, the old guys. So that'd be great. Yeah. What What's the process to qualify for that? You, I think, you, is it right? You have to be a, uh, a winner on tour. For start, uh, no, you got to be a five-time winner on oh, tour. Five -time right winner, now, right. yeah, yeah. Two, you can either win two majors. It's it's a point system. It's a point for a win, but you get two points for winning majors. You need five points. Um, I, I would have to go to the qualifying school, so I'll go to the tournament, and there'll be 150 guys, and they give out five cards. It's actually one of the hardest wow. tours to qualify for. Yeah, um, but they ha they have Monday qualifying every week. Um, which is something I might get after a little bit. Um, I don't know. We'll just see. Um, I might write a few letters, not nice letters, and see if I can grease the wheel and get a start somehow. But uh, it, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'd love an opportunity to get a crack at it. So you know, and you've got you've got uh, your countryman Stevie Alka has just been killing it out there. So oh, yeah. um, 
it's fun when I look down at the leaderboard and I'm like, I know everybody, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, you get into that old man category where you you uh, you know all these guys. So, been a really cool story and and uh, for him, I actually had him over for dinner when he was in town, and he's, uh, oh, nice. he's such a good dude. You guys should be so proud in New Zealand because he's such a good dude. He's a great ambassador for the game, so it's great. Yeah, he's it's it's cool. What it's a cool product to watch. Uh, you know, everyone's kicking up a shit about fifty-four whole events, but this one is a good one to watch. And I like you, like you know, I grew up watching watching all these guys with my old man, and it's cool to see. You know, you look down the leaderboard, it's like shit. It's like, is this is this two thousand and twenty-two or nineteen ninety-two? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So. I had a, uh, a good friend of mine, and uh, I know he'll be listening to this. He's a, he's a massive fan of yours. He, he says he's uh, the president of your unofficial um, unofficial uh, fan club. Fan club is the word. Uh, yeah, we got in yeah. Australia. So shout out to Teddy. He, he did want me to ask you uh, how much money will you make on the Champions Tour next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh the goal is plenty um i don't i don't know i gotta get on it first that's the key you yeah. gotta get on it nice nice um next segment we like to sort of get after is a, we do normally do a quick whip around uh last time you played we actually recorded uh, yes. another episode two uh two nights ago so i've already told my story uh in the previous episode the last time i played I, I hadn't yeah. played for about six or eight weeks, and I managed to play twice in two days. So I was pretty happy with that. Double nice. Bogey, how'd you hit it? Double bogey the last on both on both rounds, but I was uh, I was hitting it pretty clean. Uh, so I'm pretty happy. Very with good. That. Finish very it up. good. It was eighty two seventy seven. So I'm happy with that. Okay, yeah. not bad. So what not about yourself, bad. Greg? I played. Uh, I, I I finished the last tournament I played was six weeks ago. And I haven't touched a club. Uh, I didn't touch anything until uh, four days ago or five days ago. I had a game of golf with some friends. Um, and I was two over after three, two under through ten. And I hit it pretty nice. So, like, after I got, got my legs under me and sort of figure out what was going wrong, um, hit it pretty nice. And, and then we got rained out. I mean, storm came in and they sounded the siren and kicked us off the course. Um, which is a shame. I was about to tear it to shreds on the, the last seven, nine holes, seven holes, eight holes. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a, um, it was nice to get out. I don't play a lot of social golf. Um, I enjoy the people and the venues, um, and and so I try and pick, you know, go to places that, that are good, and I try and pick people that are good. So, um, but yeah, I my my biggest sort of um, bug would be if someone wants to me to really try hard because I really I've played enough golf in my life where I have to try really hard. I really like hitting in the trees and just go, oh, I don't, can't be bothered looking for that one. Let's just kick one down the fairway. Yeah. Um, I like not caring too much. So I've played a lot of golf where you have to care a lot. So um, that that's my, that's where I get my joy from when I play now. So, yeah. Nice. Do you, um, when you, when you do play for fun, do you sort of try and up the stakes a little bit and, and play for a bit of money or have a little haggle of some sort? Um, I, I just had a game the other day, um, uh, previous to that, where I, I, um, we we played for a little bit, but nothing crazy, mate. Like I, I'm not a big, I'm not like a Mickelson where you want to, you know, thousands <laughs> of dollars. I'm I'm good for a hundred bucks or two hundred or three. I you know, kind of max it out around three hundred or five hundred or something. Not, not, uh, 
not setting the world on fire. I'd like to remain friends with the people I'm playing with if possible. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, but it does help. It certainly is. Yeah, I do try and ramp that stuff up a little bit as I'm leading into tournaments because it does help to get the juices flowing and, and get a little nerves going, but to get fired up about uh, what's going on rather than just walking around with your, you know, your backside up, your, your head up your backside. <laughs> what's your What's your go to game? Oh, we're just playing straight up, uh, Matt, nine, nine splits, no, 50 on the front, 50 on the back, and 50 a match, and press when you're mad. Um, and so you can double down when you get angry. Um, and that can get that can get out of control sometimes because you're, you're allowed to double back. So, um, But, yeah, we've got a couple of my buddies, they really, they really love um, – If you, you play Wolf down there? You yeah. guys play Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, they love Wolf. Um, left, right, you ever played left, right? No. Uh, yeah, left right's a good game actually because it's similar to Wolf in a sense. Um, basically, it's just four guys hit off, and then whoever's the most two most most left and whoever's the most right, they join up and pair up. Yeah. Um, and so it just gives you an option to be, but it, it makes it interesting if a guy's got a shot on the hole and he drives it, you know, certain spot, and you find your and the other guys are away over the other side and they're in trouble. It's like I'll just hit this out of bounds left, and I'm that guy. So you know, you kind of. <laughs> If you've got a little bit of ball control, it's actually a pretty easy game. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's a bit of fun. Um, big issue in my, uh, my force and everyone to be on the same side every hole. <laughs> out, of, out of bounds, right? Well, there's the most right, and then you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, a good, uh, good mate of mine, and we play the same sort of straight up. Instead of cash, we play for beers. You play six, six on the front, six on the back, and six the match. Uh, and we pay up, we settle at the end of every month. And it Here got, we go. started to get a little bit out of hand uh, at the back end of last year, I think. Consecutive months, I won 54 and 48 beers off him. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be, yeah. be, oh boy. Yeah, he, had to, he, he cashed in at the local bolo and his, his missus hit him up and said, what the hell was that for? I, like, <laughs> I have a problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. problem is bad golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, cool. Well, now we like to get into, we call it the formalized uh, guest interview where I'm going to start getting into a bit, bit more of your career and dive a little bit deeper. And as I said, normally a little bit of a structure, but I think I'm just going to, I've, I've kind of juggled everything. I took some notes in my research and I think I've put them in an order. But here we go. Forgive me if they're not. Turn pro in 95. What, yes. What do you remember about making the jump from amateur to pro? Uh, just, just the stress of I didn't have a sponsor or anything. Actually, my first event as a pro was New Zealand Open. Um, oh. We were playing in Wellington. And I've spent, I think I spent. Was that at Parapurana? Uh, no, uh, I can't remember the name of the course, um, but I'll, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. But uh, I think I spent, I was living in Perth with my parents and I spent in flights and accommodation and food and whatnot. It was about three and a half grand in, in those days. And I think I won $400, $410, my first cut made, finished dead last. Um, so I went a bit of a hole out of the gate already. And, um, and then I was very lucky the timing of everything really matters sometimes you know sometimes life has that like sliding door moment and the next week i um i shot 77 the first week the first round and then i went 67 71 71 finished third picked up 18 grand 
Um, and that kind of, that was a fork in the road. I really believe that. Uh, and yeah. it kind of set me off, you know, and I went on a bit of a, it meant I was going to be exempt on the Australasian tour. And I went on a bit of a run after that um, in some smaller events around the country and uh, ended up, you know, having a great year. So it was uh, it was an important moment, I think, in, in how things played out. Yeah, nice. We um, we've just we just finished a couple of nights ago uh, an interview with Brad Isles. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And he was telling us about sort of when he turned pro. I'd be interested to know if it was the same for you that was we were asking what the the process is to turn pro, and he said you you, you wake up one day and you, you just say I'm I'm pro now, and you sort of sign yeah, a document so- and that's it. Yeah, I was um, typically you would have to enter like a qualifying tournament or something, and then once you do that, you'd become a pro, I guess. Um, yeah, but he's right in a sense. It's just a, it's an added, it's, it's nothing really. I had to write a letter. I'd won the, I'd won the Australian Amateur uh, in 1993. So in those days, if you won that, the Australasian Tour would give you an exemption onto the tour to play. You just had to within two years. You just had to write a letter and say, "Hey, I want to take that exemption now." So off you go. But yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's not as, not as uh, formalized or it's a pretty simple process. Yeah, nice. Okay, um, we'll get to some Australian stuff shortly. But PGA Tour and American wise, are, are you one for keeping stats and following your stats at all? No, to be honest, mate, not really. Um, I look at them just to see if it'll help me, um, but I, it's been it's been the same for twenty years. Drive it straight, hit your irons closer, and you're putting okay. So yeah. That's about it. <laughs> do you know Do you know how many starts you've had on the PGA Tour? Uh, I do know somewhere in the vicinity of like four hundred and seventy odd or sixty odd, somewhere in there. Four seventy, bang on. Yeah, you know you get a cake if you get to five hundred. Yeah. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get a cake. Uh, yeah, you actually. I, I'm not going to do it. I don't think. I think if you, I'd have to check what my cuts made is. If you get 300 cuts made, um, I'll have to have a look at that You're because not, I think you. I've got them. I've got it right here. Yeah, punch uh, it at me. See. What... You're not far away. You're 261. Ah, no chance. I'm more chance to get to 500. Um, <laughs> yeah, 39 cuts. That's probably going to take me my average. It'd take me another five years. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, that gets you a free year on tour though, if you've got 300 cuts. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so that they brought that category and there's a couple of guys that fit that. So they seem to, they jumped into that category, but, um, yeah, 500 that I'd actually be really proud of that. If I could get to that, um, how many did you say I was at? So it's 478 or something? 470. And if you add the, you've got 104 corn ferry starts as well, or nationwide plus corn yeah. ferry. Yeah. 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 So I think I've played about 720 tournaments in my career. Wow. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why I don't play as much anymore. <laughs> um, I used to play an awful lot. And, and now I did that. I was in a tournament. Uh, actually, it was about two years ago. I was in Bermuda. And I was a bit, it was the first time in my life I was kind of like, which is probably pretty good. I was kind of disgruntled. I was like, didn't want to be in the hotel room, didn't want to be on the road. And so I, I looked it up. I did exactly what you just did, looked it up and added them all up worldwide. Uh, including Australia and Europe, and I'm like, yeah, I've lived nearly 15 years in a hotel room, so yeah, well. um, that's probably why I didn't want to be in that hotel room at the time. And so now I'm thrilled to be only playing like seven or ten times. So pretty I lucky. I, I can only imagine. I've done a little bit of travel for work lately, and it sucks. This going from hotel it's, to hotel, you it, lose it, the fun very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it loses its luster, uh, and things go wrong all the time, and you have to be really patient and and. 
I never, when I was younger, I always used to talk to guys in my age bracket, you know, the older guys now, and I'm like, gee, they're jaded. And now I understand it. At the time, I was like, this is so exciting. What are you talking about? This is the greatest job in the world. And it is a great job, but it's parts of every job that are like, yeah, you know, sitting in your hotel room, staring at four walls while your family's somewhere else is uh, um, not my favorite part of it, but uh, it is what it is. If someone had of, uh, back in 95, just as you're turning pro, offered you, you know, 470 starts, what's 55% cut cut rate and a win, would you have taken it? Yeah. 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 No question. Um, yeah. I, I, I've been very blessed with the, the longevity of, and I've been blessed that when, you know, we, I spoke earlier about fork in the road moments or sliding door moments. Whenever I lost my card, I managed to get it back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, two years was the longest I ever went where, I uh, I was sort of down on the Corn Ferry tour, and that's an inc- incredibly co- competitive tour and and tough. So um, I'm very very lucky to have done that, and I was lucky to be somewhat up until recently, um, last few years, pretty injury free. Yeah. Um, you know, I really played an awful. I was able to play 30 times a year without um, without a lot of trouble. So I didn't miss a lot of golf. So uh, that was pretty lucky. Yeah, you've my next sort of note here is. 23 average 23 and a half events per year yeah in the last three years you've only played 9 12 and 10 that's yeah yeah that's pretty incredible yeah, I was I mean, running it. How, 27 to 32 was kind of my number yeah somewhere in there is that something you set out at the start of the year and and think okay i'm going to pick a number or do you i'm guessing you must map out the year based on um where you want to play where you've where you're allowed to play um all of that yeah more more often than not it was just i enjoyed playing i mean i really i mean it was it was partly hey i gotta pay the bills and the more option and i I was a quantity over quality guy you know let's just play a lot and hopefully we'll fall into some good weeks it wasn't the best plan in the world sometimes (laughs) um but uh yeah more often than not it was it was just uh you know i enjoyed playing and and so many of there aren't any bad events on the pga tour you know they're all pretty damn good yeah um and there was a lot of money to play for. It doesn't matter what era, within that era, um, it was the best place to play. So um, it was really hard to say no sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed playing and and, uh, and and churned out a lot of tournaments because of that. Did the, uh, did the introduction of the FedEx Cup change anything for you or, or the tour, sort of thought-wise, planning-wise? I think it was 2007 they introduced that? Yeah, not... Not really planning wise. I just just play better if you can, yep. um, and and get in as deep as you can. I only ever got I think to the th- in those days we had four playoffs when they first started. And yep. I got to the third one, the BMW. I never got to the Tour Championship. Um, I think the best finish I had on the money list was way early in my career, like forty first. Um, but that was way back when you only got. How about that? I finished forty first. I won just over a million dollars. And then now I think 125th wins a million dollars. And so they're, they're an, it's an amazing organization. It really is. They, they do it. There's a lot about it that's got a lot of positives and a lot of good stuff, even though they've been getting ripped to shreds here in the last uh, little bit by some players. They, they do a pretty good job, to be honest. I think 2012, you finished 35th in the FedEx Cup. So there you go. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, that doesn't sound right. Is that right? 2012? 
1,400 points. $1.1 million. There you go. Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, so you know what they've done? They've, that was actually a money list year. Oh, uh, right. well, no, that, 2012, that doesn't that, – that, holy mackerel. i got to look that up myself here in a minute. Look, the, 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 Eddie, the PGA Tour website is notorious for being uh, not right, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, uh, yeah. a little bit incorrect. Um, yeah, and anyway, we're good. Now, sort of on, on your wins, you've had uh, 11 professional wins worldwide. Um, you've won all the the major Australian tournaments, and I'm guessing you hold those very, very close to your heart: the Aussie Open, the PGA Championship, and the Players. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, and I, I think I the Masters when that was around, I think I lost in a playoff there a couple of times as well. Um, and so, yeah, I've had a really good run in Australia. I, um, you know, to be able to do that. Um, you know, two of each. Um, I think I won the Australian Open both times when the Presidents Cup came to town, um, which is thirteen years apart. But um, yeah, that that was you know pretty lucky and kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I've been really blessed to to be able to come home and have some success. So I'm um, looking for. I'm actually coming home at the end of the year for the first time since COVID started. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh, nice. Of the of those wins you've had in Australia, which one's the sweetest? I sort of I was looking down the leaderboards of different uh, the different tournaments, and that 2011 one sort of stood out because I remember that that was kind of the time when all the sort of big name PGA Tour players started to make an effort to come over to Australia and, and have a crack at it. And you've got Tiger and DJ and I can't even remember who else, but it was it was a big leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah, they had they had uh, basically that pretty much the whole Presidents Cup team came down and played. Uh, so that that was um, that was certainly pretty special. And, and you know, it's always a difficult one with people. You know, which one's your favourite or which one's the sweetest? That they're all for, at different times in your career. They're all they all matter. Um, uh, so you know, the six hole playoff or seven hole playoff, whatever it was, with Scotty and and Wade Olsby was in there as well. That was a cool day. Just that day, the way it unfolded was. You know, I started the day um, running thirty something, thirtieth, and went out and shot eight under. You know, best score of the best score of the day by three shots. Um, that was a phenomenal round. You know, and one of the best putting rounds I've had in my career. Uh, so lots of cool memories. Uh, blessed to have done it. Yeah, nice. Um, the two two nationwide tour wins and the PGA Tour win, the the twenty sixteen Barracuda Championship. What first of all, three hundred and eighty six PGA tour starts to get your first win. That's a hell of a grind. Um you must have been pretty uh pretty chuffed to finally get that yeah. W. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was starting to wonder if ever something that like was gonna happen, but um I had a really cool week. Uh, my dad was in town from Australia and we you know, my parents were, but my dad came with me. We went on a you know, like to go on a boys' trip, he just came and watched me. Um, and so dad's a, a little bit superstitious. So the first night, I think we went to dinner on Wednesday night and I think we, we, we split a bottle of red, which usually means with my dad, he has three glasses and I had one glass. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we went to this restaurant, can't remember what, what kind of place it was, a steak restaurant or something anyway. And, uh, I get out and I shoot six under or something the first round. 
And uh, I said, all right, we get home. I said, all right, where do you want to go for dinner? He said, we stick to the routine. Stick to <laughs> we, went, we did that four nights in a row. We went to the same place, did the same thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a, a really cool week. And, and, and uh, um, you know, not everyone gets to do it. You know, you assume everybody, you know, a lot of good players. Is, uh, you assume that you're going to get that chance. And I didn't have a lot of chances to win in my career. Um, you know, PGA Tour, which is a bit of a bit of a bummer, but uh, when I did, I took it, and that was great. Am I right in saying you only needed par on the last, and you stumped it, uh, stumped your sick, yeah. and made an eagle? Yeah. So I, 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 if you go, like I went back and watched it afterward when I got home um, and just chilling out, and uh, Gary Woodland had some great opportunities to win, to be honest. But that happens every week. You know, every week, there's someone who's yeah. like, oh, he could have got that done. Um, and he actually had a seven iron, I think, into the last or an iron in his hand, and he made bogey, hit it in the bunker, hit it out, and three putted. Um, and I, I kind of, I had a seven iron. I had a, it's a really weird place. It's you know, you're in altitude. It's downhill. It was downwind. I had 220 yards, and I hit seven iron. Um, and I think I hit it about 10 feet. And yeah. you know, really, the goal was just don't hit it in the water, which is to the right <laughs> of the green. Um, anywhere left, Greg, and you're good. So it was. Uh, and then I, I was trying to two putt, and I, I hit my hit my putt, and I thought, holy crap, you've hit that too hard. Uh, but it was all good. It was all good. It went in. So I ended up looking. It looked a lot easier than what it was. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, there was another um, standout from the week. Am I right? So is it Rian Rian Gibson? Is he an Australian? Uh, Rian Gibson. Rian yes. Gibson, a double eagle on the last. Um, yeah. And it was. Did you know of... the? Yeah. Do you know the backstory there with the donation? Yeah, so I saw something last night. Though. It was the first year they put it on and they donated a million dollars to charity if someone had a double eagle. Is that right? No, 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 no. No, it was um, it was basically whoever played the 18th in the lowest for the week. So if you played four rounds, they just add up whatever you made. Right. And they got, I think it was 50000 or 25000 to a charity of their choice. Right. Um, and he chose my charity. You know, my wife and I have a charity for children with autism yeah. uh, called Maximum Chances, and so he sent us that. So that was great. Oh, that was cool. another little another little kick in the uh, little bump for us. So that was wonderful. Oh, very nice, very cool. Um, they said you've uh, you've made a living essentially off your short game and your, and your putter. Mm. Um, Eleven and a. I found a note here. In his 11 full PGA Tour seasons in the stroke gain era, Chalmers has averaged 12th in strokes gain putting, never finishing outside the 50, top 50, and leading the tour and putting twice. That's pretty pretty incredible. What sort of, how much time and practice do you put into um, putting for starters? Oh, in those days, a lot, like hours. Like there's nothing to do, you know, two hours a day um, or an, an hour or two at least a day. Um, I was a volume guy, you know, like I'm going to beat you with effort. Um, and it turned out I had a great technique as well. Um, so, and it's really interesting. It, it, some of it can just come down to the club I grew up at uh, in Australia. They didn't have a driving range. All we had was a putting green. And so we spent an inordinate amount of time in development years on that green. Uh, so, and it's something I enjoy doing. You know, you tend to practice what you love doing as well. So, yeah, it's definitely been a big part of my game. Um, unfortunately, all of my peers aren't as bad at it as I would like them to be to separate us a little bit because my <laughs> hitting isn't as good as their hitting sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, 
I've been lucky. It's kept me. It's kept me going sometimes because you have to. You have to beat people somehow. You have to be excel at something, you know. And so it made up for a lot of shortfalls in other areas of my game. It's definitely one part of the game too where you can't neglect it, and if you do, it'll bite you in the ass. Yeah, it's about you know it's about forty percent of your scoring usually is on average, and um, it's it's yeah it's it's you're not going to see anybody be successful without you know being great at it. You know, if not long term, just short term in a week. You know, if someone wins a tournament, you can't putt that and get that done. You know. Yeah, I uh, our, our listeners will know that I'm not shy. I consider myself a reasonably good putter, and uh, having not played for six weeks and then going straight back out into the course. Thought I was playing. I was, I was hitting it okay, but I had five three parts, and yeah, yeah, you just got yeah, no feel. It, it doesn't reward lack of effort. It's amazing, and I, I know, um, I know. Even now, I don't. I know I've got arthritis in my spine and blah blah blah, but I can't do it for anywhere near as what I used to. So I know things like green reading, which you know, you you spend, you take it for granted as a pro. Like you spend all day every day reading parts. Um, well, I don't play as much anymore, and that skill has declined. You know, so I have to spend time you know, doing that and making sure there's so much about it. There's just, unfortunately, you've got to bend over a putter and, and just spend time doing it to, to get really good at it. Is there a, is a question for our, the, uh, all the hacks out there, the green reading, is that a, you consider that a, a separate skill? To, yeah. To putting? Is, yeah. It, is that something you practice outside of the putting stroke? Yeah, yeah, I would. So what I would do, you know, to give you a quick little tip, what I would do if you have some kind of, um, I use a mirror with a line on it, and what I would do is go and read the putt, um, put the line down where I think I've read it. So let's say it's a ten footer with a footer break to the right to left. I'd put that, aim the mirror right at a foot outside, and then hit some putts and see um, how good I am at it, and see what your tendency is. Most of us tend to underread. I would say listen to your instincts too. If you're standing over the ball and your instincts are screaming at you, hey, this isn't high enough, um, I adjust to that. I don't keep fighting through that. Um, I just say, okay, trust your instincts and aim higher. Um, also understand uh, once the ball's lower, the hole you're toast. It can't go in. So um, I, I'm, be an overreader if you, if you can. If you have a tendency, be an overreader because there, there's a window on a breaking putt outside the hole where it's different speeds, it's a chance to go in. You know, so keep it a high. Nice. There you go, listeners. That's one for uh, for you, Hayward, a new sheep. I know you guys will be listening <laughs> to that. <laughs> um, you mentioned your back issues. Um, I read a little bit saying sort of how you, it was, uh, you know, quite prevalent for a long time in your career, but you've managed to sort of overcome or, uh, work through those issues in the last little while and even gained a a shitload of speed with your driver. Yeah, um, so... Uh, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, I, I um, you know, kind of when I turned over to 40, um, I found out I had... I was wondering why my back was sore an awful lot and I kind of just fought through it. You know, you do it. You know, ah, it's nothing, just keep going. Um well, it turns out I had arthritis in five joints, so in my spine, in my lumbar spine, right where your back curves down the bottom, um, and it's a bit painful. And so doctor said to me, he said, mate, you can take this drug, which is an anti-inflammatory over-the-counter, not a steroid one, an over-the-counter one. He said, you can take that every day of your life, or you can play in pain, or you can stop playing. They're your options. 
Um, and it was bad enough where, you know, honestly, tying your shoes in the morning wasn't a fun experience. And I started on this drug and, uh, and I'm like, within two days, I'm like, I'm skipping down the hallways, you know, like it was, it was like it unwound the clock. And then I started training, you know, I started sort of, uh, I go to the gym three days a week and, uh, got a mobility program and a strength program and, and got tried to, I, I also wanted to slow down the slowdown, you know, as you get older, if I was able to play, I wanted to be able to a not get shorter. Um, and in that process, I actually picked up quite a bit of yardage. I, I picked up about 20 yards of carry. Um, and so that's, that's advantageous leading into 50. So I'm excited, hopefully, to be able to take that and, and use that. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, nice. And how does, what does the, the gym routine look like? And did you, before you had the back issues, were you in the gym at all? Yes, yes, I was. And, um, and I've always been, I wouldn't say I'm certainly not a gym rat, but I've always been aware that, you know, if you only have, you know, your biggest asset when you're a professional in, in anything is, is your body, you know, you've got to stay healthy. And so at the very least, I was always trying to do enough to stay healthy, I think. And then I met this trainer who's an incredibly smart man, um, and he does, he's into long drive stuff, um, and he does a lot of it on himself, and he was always frustrated, his mobility. Uh, he could build strength, but he couldn't build range. And he found this, there's a program called Functional Range Conditioning or a protocol. Um, it's joint mobility, and it's, it's honestly, made it's unbelievable. It's really good. Um, and I had been doing that now for nearly four years, um, and so most of my programs will be will have some aspect of mobility, uh, strength, speed, um, power. You know, so there'll be some heavy stuff. There'll be some fast movements. There'll be you know, it, you've got to train the nervous system as much as the the muscles as well. You can't just throw heavy weight around. You've got to actually get your brain used to the idea of moving faster. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a cool thing. It's actually, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun to see if you can generate more speed. Yeah, it sounds like something I need. Just the, <laughs> the uh, mobility stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. As you, I mean, as you get older, uh, take a look. I mean, go on Instagram, fun, functional range conditioning, and I bet there's someone, they have people that teach it and do it, and it's um, it's been a lifesaver for me because I tried everything. I tried yoga, and I could I could never get anything to help. Yeah, um, and, and this has been the, one of the greatest things. It's it's work, but it helps. Yeah, nice. We we'll have to definitely have a look at that. Um, all right, uh, Australian golf. A couple of sort of quick fire questions coming. Are you still sort of connected to the Australian game? As much as I can be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to ask me, like, who's young and who's good, I don't know that. But <laughs> outside of that, uh, yes. Okay, I had four questions here. One of them was the best up and comer, and one to look out for. So that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I tell you what, I, I did see. I follow Ewan Porter uh, on Twitter, and he has a Adidas Super Sixes series. I did see uh, he's got a young fellow. He's about sixteen, I think, named Jeffrey Guan. Uh, he looks very good. Um, El- Elvis Smiley looked pretty good too. Lefty. Um, mm. There's, you know, we've always been, uh, and I'm keeping an eye on uh, uh, a friend of mine named Harry Takis. He's only he's only young as well. He's only 15. Um, but you know, the way things move these days, a 15 year old now in five years time, he could be one of the best players in the world. You know, yeah. like so it's it's uh, it's it's definitely something I keep an eye on. But I do tell a lie. I keep half an eye on 
on what's going on. It is scary how good these young players are getting. And uh, yeah, especially when you, you come up against them in uh, the local interclub competition, you play a, a 12 year old and you lose to them. It's pretty rare. <laughs> it's, it's confronting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's, who's the goat of Australian golf uh, in your mind? Yeah, so I mean, it's always. I mean, most of us have some recency bias when we when we do these kind of things, you know. Because for me, my hero was the shark. Um, yeah. But gee, you know, has Peter that Thompson cha- has that changed at all in recent times. No, nah, no, nah, I still love the shark. Nah. I'm good. I'm 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 kind of balanced about how I think about these things. I don't sort of yeah. hate on it. I, I, his, I was bummed for him when the when the open, you know, the R and A turned around and kicked him out of. I don't even mm. know if he would have gone to some party or you know something that they do because he t- perennially hasn't gone. But the fact that they make the effort to kick him out, like his record's his record, like yeah. it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the shark was, uh, I mean, he carried the game in our country for a long time, um, and he was the reason why a lot of us sort of played and and looked up to. And uh, so in in the modern era, it was him, but. Gee, it's hard to go past Peter Thompson at five Open Championships, who was pretty amazing player. Um, uh, you know, so he, Tomo was. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him play uh, yeah. because he was one of those people. When you spoke to him about the game, I spoke to him and Byron Nelson, and, and both of them, uh, it seemed like the game was easy to them uh, when you spoke to them, and that's just rare, you know, because they just. Usually, they, the people who have great control and great ball control and great hand control, uh, to them, it's like, well, just don't do that. Do this. <laughs> you know. So um, I found it fascinating to talk to players like that. But yeah, probably Tomo, to be honest, you know, from a, from a major standpoint and from, you know, he, you know, the blight on him was he always, he, he, he wasn't successful in America. And he, so he said, okay, come over the Champions Tour, won 11 times in 13 months and went home. Um, you know, I think he proved his point. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, those guys. Are, it's not. It's not fair with those guys that find it easy. Not fair. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, what about in the modern era? The best in the modern era, in your opinion? Oh, Tiger say, for sure. Yeah, it's Australian. Oh, Australian. Mm. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a healthy J Day for longer. Oh um, yeah. Let's get to number one. Um, Adam Scott. Uh, when he was at his best, Tita Green, there was probably no one better. You know, like it was very, very, certainly in the top. Like if you had someone to drive the ball for your life, he was certainly on the in the discussion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're talking about those guys and now you've got Cam Smith, you know. I would, I'd actually would love to see Cam. I'd like to see all these players still competing against each other on the PGA Tour or somewhere. Um, yeah. I would love to see how Cam's career went in the next five years on the PGA Tour because – He's, you know, just been amazing the last two years. So, um, and this year's been phenomenal. So, but yeah, for me, probably, I think uh, Jason Day, when he was at his best, was, you know, he got to number one and, and so did Scotty. But Jason's game, his short game was phenomenal. His wedge game was phenomenal. It was Tita Green, pretty, very impressive. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Can't agree more. Um, Adam Adam Scott's sort of longevity, I think he's sort of always been there or thereabouts uh, in his yeah. whole career. And even at the start of this year, he we turned it on and he got close uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a phenomenal yeah. ball striker. I'd love to see him. 
Um, I'd love to work with him on putting and wedges, you know, like he's <laughs> as good as he is in one area. There's an area there where, you know, it'd be great if he had, if he had, um, you know, and you don't get sometimes only one player got everything and that was Tiger, <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, Adam, if Adam had, uh, had wedges and putting and he'd be Tiger as simple as that. Like he was that good. Yeah. Nice. Um, who's, who's the best player you've ever played with? Oh, that's Tiger, no question. Um, play with Tiger the first time uh, as a 16-year-old. He was 16, I was uh, 19 um, at the Eisenhower, the World Cup for amateurs, basically. Yep. Yep. We played in Paris together uh, on the third day. Um, it was wild, but the good shots were really, really good. Um, and certainly something, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, and then I got him a few years later at 2000. Um, I was first alternate at Memorial and, and uh, Craig Stadler pulled out. So he was drawn with Tiger and Billy Andrade and I got Tiger for those two days. That was the year I think he won 10 times that year. Yeah. Um, and he played those. It was so funny. He, he shot 71-65 and in the 65, he probably hit, I think he hit two full shots inside a foot and a half uh, and then three other full shots inside about six feet. Um and then I read the quote. I got up the next day on Saturday. We both we both made the cut. He made the cut and so did I. Um, he was running first and I was running next to last. Anyway, I read the quote and he said, oh, look, I didn't have my best stuff yesterday. And I'm like, hang on a second. If that's not his best stuff, we're in trouble. Um, he was just amazing. And I, I haven't played with anybody uh, ever with that kind of control. The shark was impressive when he was at his best. Um, and But... Tiger was just incredible with how he could squash the ball and move it around and move it little bits. We can all move it right to left or left to right quite a long way. It's very easy to overhook or un, you know cut something, but yeah, just to yeah. yeah, just to move it like a foot, you know, two yards or three yards with a fade or a draw is very difficult to do. Um, and he does it very. He did it very well. Wow. Am I right in saying you came second to him at the Buick Open? One year. Yeah, it's actually a trivia question because the, the right before everything blew up for him, I finished second at the Buick, and then we went home to the Australian Masters, and he came down in two thousand nine, finished second to him there again, um, two months later. So back to back second, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, did, what did you get to play with him at all during those tournaments, or was it? No, uh, yeah, you know, he's always he's always the group in front of me. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I, and then I play, I picked him up again on a Saturday at, uh, San Diego. Uh, we played again, uh, got drawn paired together. Um, yeah, I picked him up a few times. Um, uh, and, uh, always a, always a tough one because no one's there to watch you. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's, it's certainly difficult from an ego standpoint. Uh, but, uh, it's, it was good to just, to you know, you find yourself, you like, are you, Make sure you concentrate on your game because you, you find yourself being a spectator sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, blessed to have played with some great players, and he's certainly the best I've played with. Nice. What about the the other side of it? Is there anyone tour that I don't know, either the the worst player or somebody that you've just never got on well with, or someone who was an absolute yeah to play with? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's look. Usually the slowest players are the ones you look at and go, oh, no. Um, can't believe I've got to, you know, put up with this. Um, but you know, you always have to have, if you have any self-reflection, you've always got to have that in the back of your mind. Maybe you're that for them. 
know, so, um, yeah, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, yeah. And look, it's like, I always say to people, it's like any old office block. Um, you know, if you've got 200 people in your office, there's, there's plenty of people in there that are, that are idiots. Um, yeah. and so it's, it's just part of the deal and, and throw in a bunch of money and some egos and people who are used to getting their own way. And it's probably, I'm surprised there's not more people arcing up, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's only that we're all so selfish and looking after ourselves. We don't really <laughs> care what anyone else is doing. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter who, like, there's plenty of players. There's a most guys are just so into their own game. It's it's and you're into yours. It's really not as much interaction as people think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the your favourite tournament you've played? Uh, probably the Open Championship. Um, anywhere they go uh, has been one of the greatest experiences. I played the Masters one time, and that was that was phenomenal. Um, didn't get to go back again, didn't qualify, but the open is, you know, because you have access to it, like I could try and qualify next year if I wanted to, you know, so you can't do that at the masters and that's a bit of a bummer. Um, but the open is probably my favorite, um, when it comes to tournaments I played and, um, and I, I, to be honest, I I love anywhere that's a great tournament, but I, I love the venues, you know, like if we can go to places that are good golf courses, that really lifts my dress up. That makes me excited. So, yeah. Nice. Um, favorite, favorite story or favorite memory from playing golf? And I'm sure you've got a shitload of them. Uh, Put you on the spot here. Yeah, no. I, I, anytime I've been successful under a lot of pressure, um, and I would say uh, Q School um, finishing third at Q School my rookie year was a was a cool experience. Six rounds is brutal, um, and then I've experienced the opposite, and and this is. I mean, it's a favourite one, but it's a it's sad in a sense. Um, I bogeyed the last six, the hundred and eighth hole to not get my card. Hear me, Greg. I've lost um, you. To miss by a shot, and I called my wife, and I said, "Look, I'm heading. We're, I was in Orlando, and uh, she said, "What are you going to do?" And I uh, and I said, "Look, I'm just going to go in the clubhouse. I'm going to cry for a little bit, and then I'll get on a plane and come home, and we'll try and figure out <laughs> what I'm going to do." And I ended up. The next year, I went on the Corn Ferry and, and finished eighth on the money list and, and got my card back. But um, yeah, it's a bit of it's. I always say if you haven't cried playing golf, you're not trying hard enough. Um, it's uh, it can be a bit confronting. Some standby folks. Uh, Greg Chalmers has dropped out of the room completely. I'm here by myself. Bangarang. Hopefully, he comes back. There he is. Yeah, mate. We good? Sorry? Yeah. yeah everything yep, all right? We're good. I don't know what happened. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. We still recording? Yeah, still recording. Still recording. Okay, great. Um, so I'll start that one again. Yeah, where were we? Uh, Loosest story from yeah. playing golf. Oh, oh yeah. Look, I, I um, it, quite often the day after you do something well, um, or if you have a, you know, you have a win, it's actually a very busy day the next day. Um, I remember I won the Australian Open and I think I did a radio interview or an interview of some sort. Uh, I think I started at 7.30 in the morning and my last one was 9.30 at night. I think I did pretty much one one or two every wow. hour on that kind of run. So, uh, And you can say no to all of them. Um, but if you know the right thing to do, I thought was – I've always thought is it, it promotes the game and promotes you know mm. the event – 
which is what you're supposed to do. And, and there's some self-serving to it as well if you want to promote yourself. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, you can't really turn it on. You can, but it'll be a long day the next day. So I usually, I would, if I have success, I would wait, you know, a week or two and then wait till I get the people around me that matter and, and then have a celebration and a bit of fun. Um, but I'm not, uh, I'm not so dancing yeah. on the ceiling or hanging from chandeliers or anything. So nothing crazy. I lost you, mate. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's back again. I don't know if it's my crap internet. Weird. Yeah. It was working just fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So I missed, uh, you're about to, you've just finished saying you did the radio. Uh... Yeah. So you, yeah, the day after a tournament, you end up doing a lot of, a lot of press usually if you want to. I mean, you can say no to it if you like, but it's, uh, it's not something you want to be struggling hungover trying to down barocas or something. So um, usually I wait until the family and people around me I can uh, celebrate with, wait a you know a few days or a week or so, and and then get the right people together and have a bit of fun. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not uh, you know there's some that do it better than others. I wouldn't say I'm in the top ten in that category. That's for sure. <laughs> I did see a photo of uh, Shane Shane Lowry the day after. Um... The, the BMW yes. still wearing the same yeah. shirt. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shane, Shane knows how to get after it. I don't think he even needs to win to get after no. it. I think he's good. <laughs> um, what's in What's in the bag, Greg? What What sort of setup have you got going at the moment? Yeah, so I'm I'm all tightless T100s, um, Vokey wedges. Uh, I go Vokey. I'm a 58 degree lob wedge and and got three Vokey wedges, 58, 54, 48. Um, and then jump into T100 tightless all the way up to five iron, and then off. Oh, sorry, six iron, and then uh, the five iron and the four iron are a U. Uh, they're tightless U irons, uh, utilities, and then I I have Callaway driver and three wood and a tightless hybrid. So and uh, Scott, uh, what, what's my putter again? Um, Bobby Grace, the Bobby Grace so, McGregor V foil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like he's. Bobby's still making putters. Yeah, so we were just saying most hated course. You said there was not many that you you, you like. Yeah, the the one that comes to mind on the PGA Tour, the one I don't really care for much yeah. is probably San Antonio um, when we play down there. I would say I hate it though. I mean, it's it's a nice enough golf course. It just doesn't really. I don't really look at it and go, yeah. "Hey, I really love going here." Um, it's really hard, uh, but yeah, that'd be that'd be one. But most of them are serviceable. You know? Yeah, nice. Uh, now, I see you've, you've had a few hole-in-ones, uh, five on tour, if I'm not uh, mistaken. How many have you had in total? I think I'm at like 19 now. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. Um, I think I'm at 19. So, um, never. I've only ever won. Uh, I had one in the Czech Republic uh, when I was playing on the Challenge Tour, and I won 12 bottles of Czechoslovakian champagne, uh, and they made us stay to get it, and I thought, it tasted like absolute cat's piss. So <laughs> we 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 had a we had a two hour bus ride back to the airport and there's about twenty or thirty of us. So I said, Come on boys, let's crack this champagne open and we literally just t- tipped it out the window. It was terrible. So um, oh, no. but I've never never actually won. You know how they have prizes and stuff. I've never won anything. Um uh, but I've had a few of them, yeah. Been been it's, it's luck, you know, like it's luck and volume, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, wow. Does uh question do hole in ones by yourself count 
yeah, yeah. That's a holy one. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not making it up, <laughs> that counts. Do you have one? Do you have one? I've had, no, I've had no one, one with people you. and one by myself. No one believes you, though, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. They're all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that counts. I'll count that. All right. Um, most embarrassing story from your uh, golfing journey? No, oh, oh, like it's. I think uh, I don't know. I you know when you play it professionally, it's hard to be super embarrassed. I did have one one time. Um, I was having a playing a tournament, and I had a caddy, and luckily he was a big boy. His name's the Big E, Eric, and uh, it was really we're in Houston. It's really hot, and. I was chafing with my underwear. I put the wrong <laughs> boxer shorts on. I was chafing so much. I was, it was draw, it had drawn blood, right, and, <laughs> inside of my legs. So I said, Big E, we've got to do something. He said, all right. So he held a blanket up in the middle of the fairway, covered me up, and I cut my underwear off, um, kind of had a pair of scissors in the bag, a knife, a Stanley knife, and I kind of cut, I was, you know, flick knife, whatever. So I cut these things off and ripped them out, uh, kind of pulled my <laughs> pants down and, and then uh, – Put them back on and off we go. Lucky didn't get seen. You know, not a lot of people watching Greg when he's about six over par. So, so luckily, uh, luckily, no one out there watching me at the time. But uh, see, Tiger can't pull that off, can he? Do I dare ask? Is that why you're called Snake? <laughs> no, uh, I wish it. We wish it was something related to that. But no, <laughs> no, oh. Snake. Snake. Actually, Craig Perry's brother gave me that nickname. Uh, play playing on my last name, the Snake Charmer. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. They have first aid on the way. So we ask you all to move. Um, have you ever hit anyone or been hit yourself or seen someone get hit while playing? <laughs> no. No, it's not a violent sport when we when we do it. Um, I've wanted to. Um, and I'm sure there are people who've wanted to hit me. Uh but no, I haven't. I haven't seen anybody get hit. That t- no, I I haven't even seen a lot of. You know, you hear stories of guys getting really upset with each other, but I haven't seen it play out um, in front of me yet. Um, I'm too placid. What about hitting someone with a um, off the club? Like, oh, oh, you mean have I tee. hit anybody off the tee? <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. you meant if I punched someone. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, it could have been a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been. Um, Actually, the funniest one was well, funniest one. It was a bit, bit of a bit of an interesting one. My opening tee shot at the Masters when I played the U.S. Masters, I knocked a guy out, um, hit him right above his eyes, knocked him out, yeah. and then my, and then my second shot, uh, I had to cut one through the pines down the left side, cut it through the pines, and I hit a guy on the shoulder on the right side. Uh, <laughs> So I sent one guy home at eight thirty in the morning. Uh, probably waited twenty years for tickets, and then, and then uh, yeah, not hit a guy in the shoulder. Chris DeMarco got on the green, and Chris DeMarco and playing partner said, "Greg, are you okay?" And I said, "No, I'm not. I'm not okay. I'm killing people out here." So I would just I advise people don't stand. In those days, it was two hundred seventy yards. This year, it's about two eighty five. Don't stand, you know, in the landing zone. That's not a good spot. <laughs> Oh wow, that's great! Um, now you said you're heading heading home uh, later this year, back to Australia to play. You playing all of the sort of the big tournaments coming up? Yeah, just uh, just twice, mate. Yeah, so the the, uh, the PGA first uh, at Royal Queensland, and then the Open, I believe at uh, Kingston Heath in Victoria, 
Uh, so yeah, I think we've got a couple of you know some good golf courses to play, and I'm dying to come home and just play some golf and see some family. And so yeah, haven't done it since COVID, so it's been three three and a half years nearly. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, nice. I'm actually I'm heading. My parents live in Queensland, and I was, I was trying to line up the date so I could get to the uh, the PGA yeah, for come and say before hello. we go to Christmas, but it wasn't uh, didn't quite work out unfortunately. Ah. Um, we're almost we're, we're at the end uh, of the sort of questions here, Greg. But before we go, we like to uh, ask our guests for some advice. Here we go. Golf golf related or, or life related whatever you want you've already given a couple of nuggets uh to the, the bad patterns and mm. and my my friends that are shit at golf so if there's anything else you can um give us that would be very much appreciated oh oh uh, from from a golf standpoint uh yeah let's go golf uh, okay um i would say if you can and particularly with all today's technology learn how to um how far your clubs go. So many people I play with, they think they hit it as far as the pros do. Um, and it's the one out of 10 that they hit go that far, but the other nine usually go about 10 yards shorter than that. So learn, if you're playing golf and you strike strike the ball solid and you come up 20 yards short, not of your target, but of the green, then that's not the right club and you might want to adjust to that. Um, the other thing is, um, if you can, try, try and swallow your ego a little bit and not make two big mistakes in a row. Um, if you hit it offline, don't don't try and do too much with that next shot. Just try and give yourself an opportunity, particularly if you're a par slash bogey golfer, you know, like a, anywhere from 12 to 18, um, where you lose most of your shots is two massive mistakes in a row. So if you get in trouble, try and get it back towards somewhere in play up around the green to give yourself a chance for a putt for par so you can avoid doubles and triples. So... Uh, that would be my sort of two cents uh, from what I see when I play pro-amps. You know, the amount of times, mate, I play with someone and they'll be in the rough and I'll be like, what are you hitting? And they said three wood. And I'm like, well, I'd, I'd hit seven iron or eight iron out of that myself, right? But they're amazing. Oh, no, you don't think this will work? I've said, no, 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 it won't work. Um, but they can, you know, they try it and then they're making a 12, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah, so just yeah, if you can try not to try and try and restrict it to one big mistake in a row. And granted, there's sometimes there's no. Sometimes you just have to hit a good shot, you know. But uh, um, quite often, I see people just make decisions that are baffling to me. Put it that way. I'm really, really disappointed that uh, Hayward's not here tonight because that's it's directed at you, Hayward. <laughs> Very good. Um, Look, Sankey, thank you so much for your time uh, tonight or this morning, early early morning for you. So really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we... No worries. To, to have our first sort of PGA Tour professional uh, on Deep Rough here, it, it means a lot. And uh, yeah, I really thank you for your time. So Too yeah. easy, Carl. Thanks for the chat, mate. Take care. Awesome, mate. And uh, thank you to all of you out there uh, for listening. And we will be back shortly uh, with another episode of Deep Rough. Oh, be careful. Oh, that is so unlikely.